You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today I am talking about getting motivated to transform. Have you ever wondered what it takes to get motivated and to get into the right headspace to commit to and complete a transformational challenge or program? To get started on a program of change where you're going to feel physically and mentally stronger? And have you ever started a program but found you haven't been able to finish it and felt really bummed about that. I totally hear you. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. I want to share with you a journey that I'm about to embark on to improve my mental health and sleep. I've developed my own holistic program that I'm calling 50 Days Stronger or maybe even physically and mentally stronger, something like that. It's kind of a working title at the moment. And in this episode, I'm sharing the journey with you. I'm going to start in this episode with sharing how I'm going to get into the right mindset and how I'm preparing to absolutely smash the next 50 days. It's a seven-week and one-day program. And in the coming weeks, I'll share what's going on and what it feels like to be on this journey, all of the blood, sweat and tears, so that you can see which of my hacks and methods are working and my secrets for staying on track in case it's helpful for you in your own journey or it helps you to find the courage and confidence to get started with the process of change. Now let's start with some background. Over the past 25 years, I've worked as a personal trainer, a nutrition coach and as a health and wellness coach, I've been in leadership and management. I've participated in countless challenges and programs, but there aren't that many that I've actually completed. And I know a lot of other people that are in the same boat. You know, it tends to happen that when spring comes around particularly or after the summer holidays, people feel motivated to get outside, maybe shed some kilos or get over the winter blues or the slump or re-energize themselves or whatever it is. And that's great to have periods of motivation. You can't be motivated all of the time. It's probably not normal. I think that's the first important point to make is that you can't just expect to wake up and always be pumped up and fired up. It's not natural. It's natural to have ups and downs. The point is that you're able to generate motivation to do certain projects or things in your life that make a difference. But often what happens is that even though you may be motivated, the reality of a busy life often gets in the way and it can be easy to slide back into old habits or to give up on a program or a challenge or a journey or whatever it is that you're going through. If you listen to one of my recent episodes, I've been trying to hack my sleep and anxiety that have both come about as a result of having a lot of stresses in my life over the past two years back to back and overlaid on that is the onset of menopause. It's been a really trying time for me and I've noticed that my productivity has decreased and my energy is down and my mood's been low at times. I've woken up a few times in the night feeling really anxious with a tight chest. And so over the past couple of months, I've been hacking a few different parts of my life, of my biology, to reduce those symptoms and try and get my life back into balance. And I feel like it hasn't quite been enough. So I've made a few improvements which have really helped but there are still nights where I'm not sleeping or I'm feeling anxious and I've done everything right in the day before so there's things 
that I am not aware of that are still going on that need to be adjusted. And so for that reason, I decided to create and do a more complete and holistic program that I've devised myself that will get me some results to get my health and my physiology back on track. But I didn't want this to be one of those programs that I would start and feel really pumped up and ambitious about, but then lose focus and never complete. I also didn't want to feel pressured to flog myself at the expense of my health or my sanity. I didn't want to feel pushed, restricted or overtrained. And it was funny speaking with a friend yesterday. She said to me that she'd hit rock bottom and it's given her the impetus to make some changes and to stick with them. And I thought to myself, yeah, I could say the same. I'm usually the kind of person that needs to get to rock bottom before I feel motivated enough to make a big change. But why is it that we have to wait to get to rock bottom before we act? That gives us so much more shit to push uphill, you know. Sorry for swearing, but it's the, it's the truth. So rather than slide all the way back there and then go, oh, finally I need to do something, I've decided to be proactive and start now and create that commitment to it to succeed. I've been doing a bit of hacking and I've seen some initial results, but I need a big push to get over the line. And since I have the qualifications and skills and experience to do it, I've come up with that program and I'm committing to doing it for a period of time that I feel is reasonable and would yield results. So it's not too long that it feels onerous and not too short that nothing will happen. It's 50 days. And given my past experience with this sort of thing, including some successes, there are some programs I have finished that I've written for myself, actually. I really want to make sure that I'm 100% committed this time and that my commitment is foolproof. So how do you do that? How do you create that motivation and 100% foolproof commitment? That's what I'm going to explain today. I'm going to walk you through my three-step formula for doing this. Now, there's quite a lot of detail in this. So you may, depending on what you're doing now, you may not be interested in the detail or you might like to write some things down or create your own version of this. I'm just sharing with you what I'm doing and how I'm preparing for Monday, which is three days away. So my first step in the formula is to create a plan, and that's important for starting any program, right? You want to know exactly what you're going to do and when. It might sound like a no-brainer, but there's a nuance here. How often have you gotten a plan that somebody's written for you or that you've tried to copy, but you've lost interest or you found it too hard or it doesn't quite suit you or it's not doable and you didn't get any results? There's nothing worse than that, right? I've seen it countless times with clients too. And I think the really important thing about making a plan is that it's customized to you and it's achievable and so here are three steps within this first step of making a plan to get it right i think the first thing is when you're making a plan is to decide exactly what you're going to change and be very specific so for example instead of saying oh yeah i'm going to exercise each day I'm going to say exactly what that exercise is and exactly when I'm going to do it. And not just that, but I've looked in my calendar for the next seven weeks in advance to make sure that 
that I'm choosing days and times that are totally realistic and I'll block those times out so nobody else can book me for anything and I'm going to give myself times and days that are the best chance of succeeding. And I also have a plan B in case any of those times don't work out. So already I'm making this foolproof because I've looked at my calendar and I've chosen the most appropriate times and days that I know have worked before and I've built that buffer around them so I cannot be interrupted. I have no reason for anything to stop me from doing the exercise in my plan. So that's that first thing about being specific in your plan. I think the second thing is to be selective as well. And this is really important. You can't change everything at once. Even in a transformation where you're doing quite a lot, it's better to choose things that are going to have a big impact and a big flow and effect rather than to try and change a whole bunch of things. So how many things? Well, studies show that the likelihood is that you can automate around two to three habits in 12 weeks. So if your goal is long-term habit change and you want those habits to just be automatic and part of your normal life, just something that you do without thinking, then you can change two to three things in 12 weeks. So I'm not trying to change everything dramatically. I'm choosing two things that are new habits that I would like to do consistently and a couple of other things that I'm just fine-tuning or making slight improvements to. So although it's a transformation program, I'm choosing these two habits to start doing consistently that are really big bang for buck and a couple more that are going to really enhance my results. Another point about being selective is not just the number of things that you're doing, but choosing activities that you can 100% commit to. So, for example... I'm talking about exercise, but for me, there's no way I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and run 5Ks. I might think it's a great idea. I might think it would get me good results. But no way, no way am I going to do that for this challenge and it would never, ever become a long-term habit for me. It's not something I want to do. So it's not even on my agenda. My exercise goal, which is just one part of my plan, is to walk for 30 minutes each morning and do 30 minutes of weights and stretching every afternoon. They're things that I know I can achieve and I would likely commit to as long-term habits. It is a stretch for me in terms of the frequency of what I want to do, but I have done it easily in the past and so I know that I can do it again and I've got some strategies to help me. And remember that I've blocked this out of my calendar so it's not negotiable. Exercise is just one thing I'm doing, but for me, it's a big bang for buck item because it helps me to feel fresh. It really affects my mental health. And of course, it's going to help me with hormone regulation as well, which is really a big part of sleep and anxiety. So that for me is one of those new habits that I'm going to be very committed to. The third step in, in step number one of creating a plan is to make it foolproof. And what I mean by that is to write down all of the excuses that your brain is going to come up with when it comes time to do the activity and work out how you're going to counteract those. 
So for me, I know that when it comes to exercise, my brain's going to say it's too cold, it's too dark, I'm too tired, I'm too hungry, I'm too busy. I've got millions of excuses for not exercising, many so-called good reasons that my brain comes up with in the moment. And so I have a plan for all of those things, which means that there's no reason for me not to exercise. I will have to do the exercise I've committed to when the time comes up. So I'm doing that work this weekend is to go through my excuses and to problem solve them all this weekend. So that's the first step is to create a foolproof plan. And you've seen the level I've gone to to make it foolproof. It's so important to do this up front. You can't problem solve everything, by the way. There will definitely be unexpected things that appear during the next 50 days for me. And that's okay. But all of the day-to-day -day excuses and barriers, I've addressed up front. I have a plan for overcoming them. Step number two is the why. Now, a lot of people think that making a plan is enough and feeling excited about the plan is a big enough why, but it's a mistake that a lot of people make. A plan's definitely important, but without the good motivators behind it, you're probably going to give up by the second or third day or maybe the second or third week. It's really great to think about your motivators from a very broad and deep perspective. For example, for me, I know that bone health and healthy aging and maintaining a healthy muscle mass and a good posture and all of those things are important to me. I want to reduce my risk of disease. But they're long-term things. In the immediate future, I know that I want to reduce anxiety and insomnia and they're more pressing things. And I'm thinking about all of the ways that those things affect me. But in a recent session with my coach, I realized that even all of those health reasons weren't motivating enough for me. I had to come up with another three or four important reasons as to why I want to do this program and complete it no matter what. And many of those reasons are intrinsic to me. They're important to me, but some are also intrinsic in that they're beneficial for others. I kind of feel like for me, I need to have that sense of achievement and I need to do something that I value. So the intrinsic motivators are essential, but adding some extrinsic ones as well helps to get me over the line on a day where I may not feel like it and I may feel like giving up. For some people, one or two reasons might be enough. That's fine if that's you. But for me, I've realized I need a lot of reasons to really commit to something that's quite big and has a lot of change involved to really feel like it's worth the effort. So have a think about your whys, but not just your immediate whys. Go really broad and deep and say, but why is that important to me? And what does that matter? And what else is important? Like just make a huge list. Step number three is the terms and conditions. And I guess the easiest way to explain that is it's like I'm creating a contract with myself outlining what I want to do and how. So this is the a bit of the nuts and bolts of the logistics of what I will and won't do and why and, and how I need to run this program for myself. Just like you would have a contract with a client or with anything that you buy outlining your commitment and the nitty gritty of that. So I'm not talking about the activities that I'm going to do, they're in my plan. This is how I'm going to make sure I do it and stick with it. So for example, I'm not a natural journaler,
but I feel it's important to document certain things every day to keep me focused and to help me identify when or where I need to course correct or get external help. So that's one part of my terms and conditions is the daily documenting of what I'm doing and how I'm feeling. I'll also be visualising and rehearsing the steps that I've committed to each day. That's a not negotiable because they say that, the research says that, not just they, when you rehearse the steps in advance and visualise yourself doing those steps, you're more likely to do them. If we look at that exercise example, I've already been picturing myself rolling out of bed either before or after my cup of tea and going for a walk around the block. I've already rehearsed it in my mind, what it looks like, how it feels like, what each of the actions is going to be. So my brain knows what to do. It's had some rehearsal. I've plugged that into my reticular activating system, into my brain's GPS. I'm also committed to using positive and supportive language. Now, my brain's default is to say, it's too cold, I'll do it later, whatever, whatever. Or I want another coffee or I don't feel like drinking water or whatever it is. So I'm committing to not complaining or making any negative or unhelpful comments to myself or about my plan or about my intention. As soon as I hear those things, I'm going to nip them in the bud and just say, this is what I'm doing. I know that it's going to be hard some days, easy on other days, and that that's okay and normal and it's part of my journey. All of this mental stuff is so important to me because I'm someone who may naturally not take the time to reflect or celebrate my success or my commitment to a process. So for me, it's really important to record specific metrics each day to show that I'm firstly that I'm taking action to prove to myself that I can, to convince my brain that I can, and secondly, that I'm checking in with my motivators and my mindset to make sure that what I'm doing is meeting my own expectations and is realistic. Another part of this recording of progress and what's going on is that I'll be recording physiological changes or the changes in my body and its, and its natural cycles. I'm going to be using Philia Labs' Sentinel program or a system that monitors a specific part of the stress cycle to inform me on how my chronic stress is changing over the program to see how effective it is and also to help me predict when my mental health or productivity or focus is likely to shift. So this tool uses insights from the day to predict how you're going to be tomorrow so that you can adjust and course correct. So for me, it's not just that measuring data, but being able to see what's ahead so that I can realign my next day if need be and use strategies to boost my mood and well-being. So that I'm armed in advance, I'm being proactive, not reactive. And that's a distinction between a lot of other kinds of data that you can get. And so for me, that's a critical part of staying on track is using this tool in a predictive way to help me stay focused and adjust as I need to. The last part of my terms and conditions are about my expectations. And the only one that I really have is that I expect myself to learn how to persist with a process and follow that through to completion. That's the only expectation I have is that I will persist. It's very different to a lot of people who think about the results as their expectations. And I know that the results will come if I focus on doing the process. 
Even the processes that I may not do for the long term, my expectation is committing to the day-to-day actions that I will take for the next 50 days. At the very least, I'm going to learn something about myself and build trust in myself as a consequence of doing the daily actions. And at the most, I will also achieve some outcomes, like feeling physically and mentally stronger, like feeling invincible, like maintaining a healthy body composition. Weight is not an issue for me, by the way. So it's really that commitment to the process that I'm seeking as an outcome. And my daily recording of that is going to build that confidence that self-belief and the proof that I can do what I say I'm going to set out to do and that I have developed a foolproof method of staying on track. So just to wrap up and summarise today's episode, I'm about to start a 50-day journey to improve my physiological, physical and psychological health. And despite being a natural-born quitter in the past for the most part, I know I can succeed. I've done it before, funnily enough, with the programs that I've written for myself and usually not for other people's programs, which is really interesting. I'm using all of my qualifications and skills and experience that I have to commit to a program that I've devised and to follow it for 50 days no matter what. And I think why wait till you hit rock bottom to to get the impetus to do something like this? You can be proactive and start now because it's going to be way easier and way more positive and enjoyable than waiting till you hit rock bottom. I'm already halfway there by not letting myself slide back to that point. Today I shared my three-step process to make the journey foolproof. I've created a plan that suits me specifically as the first step. The second step is going deep and broad into the whys behind it and recognising that I need several immediate whys to help me commit. And thirdly, that I've devised specific terms and conditions for myself to help me stick with this program no matter what. That's my method. I'm going to keep you posted on how it goes in coming episodes. And hopefully this has inspired you to think about what it takes for you to change and to get on and do it if you're so inspired. Listen in next time and see how I'm going with it. And otherwise, thanks for being here as always. Have a great week and I'll see you on the other side. Bye for now.